This is Real Talk. Hi there, I'm Dr. Joylyn Maniachi, creatrix and founder of The Happiness Clinic. I'm the world's premier nerd on communication and relationship dynamics, helping make relationships easier by showing you how to get out of your way, how to get more of you in your life so that you can be happy as fuck. Hi there, it's Dr. Joylyn Maniachi and welcome to Your Power Hour. This is your time to put what's on your mind, on my mind, and I will give you my two cents for free. Cause that's just the kind of overgiver I'd like to be, eh? So, oh I sound a Canadian there, eh? So I'm getting this up on the big screen so I can see your comments a little bit clearer than when they pop up on my tiny little phone screen. And let's get started. We are talking about alchemy today and how to turn shit to gold is basically what alchemy is. Once upon a time lead, but let's just face it, the bullshit we got running around upstairs is crappity crap. And how can we alchemize that and turn that into gold so that we can like ourselves, like our lives, think and talk about ourselves in a different way for good. And in this whole thing, I'm going to tell you why fake it till you make it is not the key. I'm going to give you the magic ingredient that is. And I'm going to be quite honest, as in sessions past, I've got like four pages of notes to pull from. I'm writing down things all the time, pulling from your comments, from your questions, from client sessions, from things that I notice throughout the week and I'm trying to bring them all together. I can't get my ducks in a row. I'm just trying to get them all in the same pond, which is this one hour container of power hour. Also to be noted on that note, power hour, as it was originally intended, was to be a 30 minute session of coaching because I talk so fast and give so much I could do in 30 minutes what is normally done in an hour. And that's actually how it's going to go back to is 30 minutes. I've had a lot of feedback, and although you're loving the content, an hour is sometimes hard to fit in. You've got lunch hours, other places to do, errands to run, people to attend to, including yourself. Sometimes you wanna go out and hug a tree like I tell you all the time, but you don't wanna miss anything. And then even to download this and watch this as a podcast, an hour sometimes is just a big chunk to bite off. So I am listening. I am hearing you and I'm going to change it to make it into a bite-sized morsel so that you can actually ingest, incorporate, integrate this into your life a lot easier and doing that in half hours. Now that's going to be a challenge for me because I love you guys. I love to give you as much as possible and so it's going to challenge me too to really put it in and hold myself to 30 minutes because we know i am a chatterbox okay and i could talk about this stuff all the time this is my love my life and my delight but from now on power hour is going to be uh getting closer to the 30 minute side the actual power hour 30 minutes of uh you know because you guys are like me you are fast you are ready and so uh, you can get in 30 minutes what most people take an hour to get. So we're, we're going to be on that pace, all right? And that's going to make it easier for you guys to have that. Um, so that's what we'll do moving forward. But today, it'll go as it's going to go. And let us dive in. What is the magical ingredient, this alchemical agent, that will change how you think about yourself for good?
okay? And I'm going to start with a little story, a little story about myself. And you might have seen my post yesterday. I had a memory come up from seven years ago when I ran a triathlon and a similar experience of when I first moved to Boise that I would be seeing these people doing incredible athletic things. You know, to me, a triathlon was so hard. And I would actually defend not going in there because I just thought, you know, being a naturopath, that's just adrenal fatigue. In, in motion, people trying to prove themselves and pushing themselves beyond what is actually healthy, enjoyable, or entertaining. And I'm not gonna do that. And, and I couldn't do that and I don't, I don't think it's good for me. And I would really sort of dig in and create defense and justification because I could not see me as a triathlete. I, I sort of wanted to be, but didn't think that I could. And to me, triathletes were super fit and super serious and had all this technical equipment and gear. And that wasn't how I liked to train. Um, and so I didn't do that. And there was a similar thing when I moved to Boise. I don't know if you guys know, the Olympics are on and Boise is actually home to a former Olympic gold medalist Kristen Armstrong, she's a cyclist. And the road that goes up to the ski area here is about, I don't know, just under, I think it's 16 miles, you know, about 20 miles from my house, start to finish. And it's all fucking uphill, okay? It's going to the ski area, but that was her training run. It's called the Kristen Armstrong run. And I would see people, when, when my husband and I were driving up there to ride our mountain bikes up there, people would be riding up and riding down. And I would sort of be mocking them thinking, ah, oh, all those spandexers, you know, that's, that's a more adrenal fatigue just in the works, in the making. And I could really, I just, I didn't really like how I felt. I felt intimidated. I felt not good enough, which is a habit of mine. But I could see how I was getting critical of other people and judging other people. And it was really in defense of what I told myself I couldn't do. And I started to look at that because that's what's happened with, with the triathlon. That's what happened in Boise. And, and then what happened was I finally, and then I'm just going to spoil it. I'm just going to blow it out of the water. Here it is. I got curious about could I do that? Could I try that? And I think what I was most afraid of is that I wouldn't love myself if I didn't finish it, if I didn't do well at it. I had grown up being a perfectionist. I had taken abuse that I suffered and learned how to do that to myself, and I did that through perfectionism. And, and being a high caliber uh, performer, whether academic or athletic, I really had a high standard for myself. And so I didn't just want to do it. I wanted to complete it and finish it. And could I do that? And I doubted myself. But the more that I doubted myself, I could see me being critical of other people who were able to do it, who were trying to do it and comparing myself to them and just feeling worse and worse. 
so where this all comes into that I asked the question yesterday, you know, how do you see yourself? Who do you know yourself as? And there's what we do, what we're coming to understand through these power hours, through these powerful conversations, is to understand that for a very large part and a very large percentage of us, who we know ourselves as is pretty limited and limiting. And now we're actually starting to even get awareness that it's actually a product of programming. Who we become and who we know ourselves as currently is who we've learned to be. Who our family systems, religious systems, cultural and gender training has taught us to be. And then what we have done is said, okay, and then rehearsed it a lot by choosing to see ourselves as that over and over again. And in that way, we actually become conditioned and patterned and we, we program ourselves and we just become a habit. We're just sort of a collection of habits. This is my favorite color. This is my favorite place to eat. This is what I do when somebody says this. This is what happens when I'm triggered. This is how I feel emotionally. And we even have emotional set ranges. And we do this over and over and over to where it becomes who we are is a default system. It's, it's just default. It's just a conglomeration, a collection of default patterns. And, and in this, you know, and adding this to the mix is always in this programming, trauma plays a large part for a lot of us because what trauma will do is, is get us, it, it inserts and injects emotional intensity to the extent that it actually desynchronizes the hemispheres of the brain, um, unlinks certain things so that we don't have access to all this. And it also locks the fight, flight, or freeze response in our bodies. Because what happens in trauma is we don't get to complete that process. And so we get stuck in it and have this incomplete looping. That's what trauma does for our bodies and our lives and our brains, okay? So when it gets locked in that tissue, if you're locked in a fight, flight, or freeze, you are having a high, like your adrenals are just pumping out a high level of cortisol all the time. So that when I'm talking about rehearsal and conditioning, we're actually becoming conditioned and habituated to a large amount of of cortisol and other stress hormones and metabolites in our system all the time to where that's how we become to know ourselves as. That is what feels normal to us so that peace and calm, happiness, clarity, those things feel like accidents or things that we are, when they come, we wait for them to go. We look for them to go and sometimes even coerce them and make them go because it doesn't feel normal. So a lot of who we know ourselves as is a mess, okay? It's not true because it's a product of something. It's learned, it's reacted to, it's conditioned and habituated. So the great, great news about this is it is healable. There is nothing about any of this that is not changeable. And the thing that actually gets us 
to change the fastest and get that change to last is this alchemical agent of curiosity. Because curiosity, it opens doors. Because we all know, okay, here's what happens when we want to change. What most of us know is, okay, I'm going to change. I don't like this about myself, so I'm going to do what seems to be the opposite or seems to be what somebody else did that worked. And I'm going to look at action steps, meal plans, uh, exercise regimens, uh, time management systems, organizers, planners, calendars. Uh, I love to, I, I mean, I am a personal growth junkie, so I love actually working with other coaches, but I will just keep getting coaching because I think I've got to change. And when that change, like I've talked about, when I talked about the, the happiness brain training, when, when we're doing this program, it'll open up again in a month or so, the happiness brain training, when we're learning to kick a habit, when we're learning how to recreate a different way of being, if it's based on judgment, we're going to loop back and hit exactly where we are. Because when we fight for our limitations, when we fight against our limitations, we lose. Even when we win, we lose. So that, that, that can't sustain itself because it was this conditionality to loving and liking ourselves. And there is this just soul yearning to know I'm whole, I'm complete, I'm lovable as I am no matter what. To where if we say, well, when you do this, then I'll love you. When I do this, then I'll be likable. When I'll do this, I'll know things have changed. Then we set up these conditions. So even if we get them, we fucking sabotage the fuck out of them because that means that's the only way I was lovable and I want to know I'm lovable no matter what. So judgment will stick us. And then just reacting will stick us. When we're saying, I don't like this, I'm going to have something different there's not really an opening there. There's still that fight or flight mechanism. I just got to get away from this thing. But it still is this thing that is a fixture in our life. It's still the reference point. For me, what I'm still actually working with, I don't know if you guys know that in my life, I had an eating disorder and I've been several different shapes and sizes. And how I am now uh, plus or minus about three pounds, I guess. I don't have a scale. I don't really know what I'm guessing. Um, is about the thinnest I've been in my life. And, and my fitness is good. But knowing that uh, I haven't been that, there's still this fear. I could turn back into that. I could still go down the tubes. Oh, I remember all these bad habits of eating. And, and having this fear around it to where there's still not freedom. And so having to actually dig in and do my work and get curious again about who am I now? How am I now? And curiosity, here's, the, here's a couple of questions because curiosity is A, it's something that's natural about us. Our souls are infinitely curious so if you wonder why we keep doing the same thing over and over, it's because our souls are just interested to learn, okay? We came here to have experiences. We came here, I think, above all else to learn to know ourselves and to love ourselves. That's, those are the biggies. What does that even feel like? What's that like? And how that will play out is just a matter of, of curiosity. 
And when there's something that you want, when you recognize, I don't like what's showing up. I don't like how I'm showing up. I don't like how I feel in my body, in my life. I can tell I'm kind of on the negative spectrum of things. I'm complaining. I can find things wrong. I like, I see these other people who are happy-go-lucky and I sort of resent them because I have all this fear and doubt that I can't be them or who would I be if I was that or I tried and it didn't last. The alchemical agent that's going to shift all that and actually make it workable and allow your work to last so you can actually be that other thing is curiosity. And curiosity, a large part is going to be expressed with questions. And here's a couple that I love. When I asked you guys, how do you see yourself as? And some people say, you know, I see myself as overgiving. I see myself as unlovable. There's, there's someone in the group who's really struggling and says, everybody likes somebody better than me. I'm not likable. I'm not anybody's favorite. And I know how that feels. That used to be one of my limiting I also used to think, and, and this was just recently I talked about this, miracles don't happen for me. And, and seeing how magic and synchronicities and all these fun coincidences were, you know, I could see them for everybody on Facebook and just kind of get like a little jealous and then getting upset with myself for being jealous instead of being happy for them. So how do you change that is to say, what if this isn't true? What if who I know myself as isn't all of who I am? What if I was likable and I just have been not in the right place at the right time? Like even Freud said that. Before you diagnose yourself with depression, check and see if you're surrounded by assholes. Okay, Freud said that. So what if what I'm telling myself about myself isn't true? What if it actually is just program, programming and something that I learned from other people? Okay. And then, like, when we're thinking about, like, things that I want to do, what if it was possible? What if I could do this? When I stopped getting irritated and telling myself that I couldn't do that, I could never be that person that puts on spandex and clips my feet into pedals and rides up a hill for, like, hours at a time... I said, what if I could do that? What if I tried that? What if it were possible? And then another question, what would it be like if I did it? One of the huge, one of the big, big questions that's gotten me out of a lot, a lot of sticky situations is what's on the other side of this? That has helped a lot with food cravings. When I have the real drive to emotionally eat and I just know I just want to eat that chocolate because that's going to make me feel better, what's on the other side of this? If I actually withstood this for 10 more seconds, 60 more seconds, would I still even want to eat that? What's on the other side of this? If I actually choose not to indulge in this thing, how am I going to feel about myself? I talked about me stand-up paddleboarding, you know, and there, and, and, yeah, I'd love to think of myself as a badass, and I got a couple of people that tell me that and bring it on, but I don't always feel that way. But I, so I was, I was really uh, insecure or doubting myself about, oh, I'm gonna look stupid going there all by myself. Um, I've never blown up this thing, so I got an inflatable one. I've never done it by myself. Like, what if I look stupid? But I was just like, what's on the other side of this? Me 
feeling badass, me feeling satisfied with my choice was to actually go through with it. I had to go through with it. So curiosity cannot be overstated in its power to change things, in its power to challenge our limiting beliefs without fighting against them. It just sort of unlocks the door, opens a window, and actually just gets us to look in a different way of, oh, maybe that is possible. Maybe I don't even have to react to whatever judgment I've got going on here. I could actually just start strengthening the curiosity of what's on the other side of this. Who would I like to be? How would I like to show up? What would that feel like? If I didn't blow my top and, and share my frustration with everyone in the room, what would happen after that? Sometimes with my husband, I have asked, like, in my mind, what would happen if I don't say that thing that I absolutely think I need to say? The one thing that after all the times I've tried and after all the things I've said, the one thing that maybe if I say this, it's going to get through and I will be understood and that will make all the difference in the world like it does on the sitcoms. But what happens if I don't? Because actually I run the previous experiment quite a few times and I want that mic dropping opportunity to where he says, babe, you're right, I'm so sorry, I'll never do that again. It's never happened, okay? So what if I don't do that? And what's interesting is in the times that I've chosen that, though it takes longer than I'd like, takes about one more day than I'd like, there is like this opening with us in this peace and calm that comes and we just get to enjoy each other's company without having this conflict, resolution, serious problem fixing episode. It just sort of happens, you know? I still haven't gotten flowers like they do in the sitcoms, but I do get kisses and hugs a lot sooner than when I dig my heels in and insist that I gotta have the last word. I've gotta defend who I thought I was, which is someone who's been insulted or whatever, okay? See, curiosity is what actually opens that so it's not entirely up to willpower. It's not about reaction. It's not about just trying to be someone else. And here's the golden ticket. It's not faking it till you make it. Because that doesn't work because if you fake it till you make it, you tell yourself the whole time that I'm being fake. And you don't acknowledge that I'm making a choice. I'm being curious and I'm just seeing this curiosity through to the end. It is so much different and is so much more powerful and that's why it has lasting power. Fake it till you make it means every single time you gotta do it because when do you ever get to make it if you're always faking it? Your subconscious doesn't know anything but literal translation. And it hears the word fake, so it says, this isn't who I really am. Curiosity is what actually opens the door to say, I could actually be something different. I wonder what that feels like. What's on the other side of this? What if what I'm telling myself isn't true? Then it has nothing to do with reaction. There's nothing fake about it. It's just you turning on your and tuning in to your soul's natural curiosity and having more and more of you. Yes, 
Yes, I see some emojis here. Throw them up here if you're following me, okay? I want to know you're with me because this is really, really big, really powerful. Get hearts and stars. Oh, I don't know if she's on here. Julie, maybe I'll get a rainbow later. Julie, if you're here, hashtag replay and throw me a rainbow because I love rainbows and I love you. Okay, so curiosity is opening the door. And then here is the second part. The alchemical process has started. You have to walk through the door. And how we actually know that we're not faking it till we make it, we actually choose on the side of curiosity and run a new experiment. We have to do that. And, and here's why fake it till you make it doesn't work. Because it still says, oh, that fear, that doubt, that insecurity, that's still so fucking real. Okay, it's so real, but I'm just going to be something different. And it doesn't stick. But when you're curious, you're recognizing, I think I'm going to look stupid. I'm in a bathing suit that I don't know if it's going to last till the end of the day. But I wore it anyway, okay? Because I fucking love polka dots. Um, there, there might be this sense of scarcity. I don't know how I'm going to pay the bills. I don't know if there's really enough love to go around. I don't know how to love me unconditionally because I've never seen it done. I've been waiting for somebody else to show me that so that I think I'd know how to do it instead of just like doing it, okay? You see that and then you choose anyway because what's on the other side of it becomes so much more interesting. And then here's the kicker, know how the process goes. That then the universe is going to give you an opportunity to choose as that. The curiosity unlocks the possibility. Then the universe is going to say, you ask, you get. Ask and receive is real. Here's an opportunity. Which to us, if we don't know the process, we will say, I'm being tested. The universe freaking hates me. This isn't fair. It happens so easy for everyone else. That's where we just go back and loop ourselves back into our trauma programming. But if we just know that when we say, I'd like to... I'd, I'd like to know if I could ride 20 miles uphill. I actually have to do it. See, that's the thing. We have to choose it and we have to acknowledge we're choosing it. We follow through with the action. And, and as much as we would like, as much as our trauma has said it's safer up here, and as much as the reality we live in our education system says, no, before you go, you can't. You can't know until you go. You can't know until you step out if you can do it. Because there are things where the confidence comes from is from doing it, from trying it. Even failure builds confidence because confidence comes through doing. So we actually do that thing. We actually put on the spandex. We actually clip into our pedals and we actually start pedaling uphill. And I would not be able to know if I could make it all the way uphill until I make it all the way uphill. And the reason that I was able to do it that day is because I actually gave myself permission to turn around if it got to be too much. But the curiosity of how close am I? Can I keep going? Can I keep going? Got me there. And I got to the top and I marched myself straight into the lodge, got myself the biggest uh, serving of cherry Coke and drank it all in about 90 seconds because I was so freaking thirsty. <laughs> and then I sat there for about 20 minutes to let my legs rest, but then I had all downhill to go.
when I did the stand-up paddleboarding, I just, I, I loaded all the gear, I put it in, I looked at the clock, I was like, I don't know how long I'm gonna go, but I made sure I got on the water, I paddled, and, and got till I felt this is a good spot, the sun is setting, other people are going in, I'm actually gonna have to go upstream from here, and I turned around and it was enough, cause I just, I chose it anyway. When I did the triathlon, you saw that picture, that smile is so freaking genuine. And I, I didn't smile the whole time in the pool because the swimming was my, my, my weakest uh, event. And, and I was with somebody who was a strong swimmer. It was a pool swim, so I was with somebody who was really strong. So I saw how slow I was. I got on the bike and that was fun, but I didn't, I wasn't super smiling because it was really foggy, so I was really concentrating. But when my feet hit the pavement, it was time to run. Every step had the corners of my mouth turning up because with every step I knew I was doing it. Like I'm getting teary-eyed now. I was blowing the shit out of the water. All these things I told myself that I couldn't do and I couldn't be with every step, I was changing that to where I couldn't lie to myself anymore about who I was and what I was capable of. And what we have to do is acknowledge these times because we have all had them when we did look at our fear, look at our insecurity, look at our doubt and say, God, it's there, but I'm just more curious about what's on the other side and I did it. Take that to heart because that's your fuel to do it again in any area of your life. But you can't know in advance how it's gonna turn out you can't know all of it before you go. Sometimes you can't know until you go. And you can't stay the same. That is soul stagnation. That's basically soul death is when we try to lock ourselves into this is who I am. Your soul starts to feel like a caged animal. It says, let me out. I'm so much more than this. And that's why you wonder why your life is falling apart. It's because your soul is trying to scrape at you and say, get me out of here. I am more than this. And one of the most beautiful examples I could never, ever have predicted or thought of myself is, is a new heroine of mine, Simone Biles, who knows herself as what? Is she a six-time gold medalist Olympic champion? And now saying, I have to step out because I don't feel good. She is coming to know herself as somebody different. She is not making herself live up to what everybody else thinks she should be, not even who she was. The last Olympics, that's who she was. But in this Olympics, things are different. And her value and priority and curiosity is on what's life after this. And it's a gift. It's a freaking gift because there is a girl who got to go to the Olympics who wasn't going to get to compete at all, who now gets to shine. And they did. They all rose to the occasion. We think that if we change, if we blow up our limiting ideas of who we are, that we're going to ruin the world, we're going to be a gift to ourselves and to other people. Now, do note, not everybody's going to like it. She's gotten a lot of flack on Facebook and other social media avenues about how she's letting America down. Let people have their opinion. 
because until you are Simone Biles and you've put in that amount of training and you are at the Olympic Games and you are staring at some really tough stuff and saying, who am I? What's on the other side of this? Until you're staring that decision in the face, I don't think you get to judge. But that doesn't stop people from judging. But please, oh please, don't let that stop you from being you. Not ever again. Those are the examples we can take to heart. You have been that. You can see other stand-up characters being that. And we can start dismantling this programming that there's something more important, more valuable than ourselves. It's not money, it's not cars, it's not career, it's not status, it's not gold medals. Who we are becoming is the valuable product. And how we become that faster is to actually direct our attention towards that and get curious. Hey there, soul of mine, my higher power, like uh, my higher self. What is it that you'd like to express? I've now grown into this adult body, so I've got car keys and I can go places. What would you like to do with that now? Do you want to change shape? Is that something meaningful to you? Great. Then it's not about hating yourself and your body size. It's just saying I'd like to have a transformation that I can see physically that seems like it would be fun. Awesome. You want to build a business that's part of what I want to do. I actually want to create something that's never existed. And let me tell you, it's really tough because people don't know what I'm talking about because it hasn't totally existed yet. But that's something that I'm like... I see a need and I'd like to create that. Our medical system is built all around illness and I think it should be built around wellness. And I don't think we get to wellness by studying, contemplating, fixating, and complaining about illness. I think we get it by focusing on health and wellness. And this is a challenge in my life because that is not how I was trained medically, culturally, educationally, from my family system, it was all about critiquing and criticizing and perfecting. That shit doesn't work. But I have to dismantle and untangle myself from that. But my curiosity is, well, what happens if I do operate this way? Oh my goodness, trauma and uh, intensity, like real emotional intensity, they are losing value in my life. The traumatic shit still happened, but I don't identify with it anymore. It's not that big of a deal. And now I see, okay, there's some of it locked in my tissues. I actually need to do steps X, Y, and Z to actually release it out of my body. And as I do that, I feel better about myself. It actually becomes easier to be curious. And these things become a positive feedback loop, but in the direction that I'd like. These things are possible. What's on the other side of this, okay? Now, I'm getting to, now what gets in the way? What the heck could be in the way? Why aren't we all doing this anyway? Well, trauma is one obstacle that I just named. Not knowing the process. Like if you don't understand how the process works, you tend to give up too early or stop yourselves and say, hey, this is evidence that I'm failing. But you know that once you turn your attention to something, you move in that direction, the old stuff's going to come up, not as a test, not as like a freaking proving, it's an opportunity. It is a gift for you to let it go and to show up as this new person. You start to be curious. How would someone who's easygoing handle this? Well, a lot of us know at least one easygoing person. I sometimes use my husband. What would he do in this situation? 
And then I'll be like, okay, let me choose that instead. Where I would have normally done this and that's all I know, uh, let me try something else. Sometimes you just have to ask for the energy to show up because nobody really knows. There's been times where I've asked, what would unconditional love do? I would know how to judge myself. I would know how to back myself into a corner. I would know how to critique myself and say, here's all the places I can improve. Here's where you should try harder. Here's where you should invest in a coach. And what would unconditional love do? She'd say, let's put on your eye makeup again because we got to go to the grocery store. What? That's way too easy. Okay. But you call in the energy, it will show up. But not knowing the process can be an obstacle sometimes. Giving up too early, misinterpreting that data and thinking that it's telling you you're failing. It's not. Here's another obstacle, and I know this one so freaking well. It doesn't feel like it. When you are doing something that's not habitual, it's not going to feel natural because it's not habit. It's going to feel odd, off, out of place, unnatural. It's supposed to. So if we will overly rely on our feelings, and like I talked about, the feelings last week that aren't really feelings, they're interpretations, if we rely on those, a lot of times we stop ourselves. Then also, some of the obstacles is we actually just don't have the information or the skills to actually uh, employ, express what it is we'd like, so we do have to sometimes develop skills and get some new information. And, and here's what's great, and I'm just going to put in a plug for me because I'm pretty freaking awesome, but I will actually work with you using the tools that you already have and already used because the people that I work with have tried a bunch of stuff. A lot of the people I know where I was, I was just so freaking frustrated. I have been dealing with the same thing over and over. I am hitting myself up against the same wall, the same glass ceiling. I have been working on this for nearly a decade. When, what gives? When do I get a break? What's gonna change here? How do I do this? That I had in that process of searching and seeking and struggling, I actually did acquire some good tips and tools but one of my gifts is learning how to use them in an unconventional or a slightly different way to get different results, better results that actually last. I'll give you one of them because it's one of the ones that I use. Journaling. When I did journaling in medical school, I actually just reinforced limiting beliefs because I was actually writing them down. I was supposed to be writing them down to get them out, but I actually wrote them down, looked at them, bought them, took them back into my system and reinforced them. So I did not make progress, I swirled. Journaling at that point, because the guidance of how to use that tool wasn't, it was too vague, it actually reinforced the problem. There was also this investment of me, this is who I knew myself as, was somebody who was trying and working and processing that I needed to keep that in place because that's who I told myself I was. What I use journaling as now is you look at it and that is what you acknowledge you have been telling yourself, which is why you've been feeling what you've been feeling and struggling with what you've been struggling. But it's coming up to go. You're writing to see it, to witness it, to grieve it, to acknowledge it, and then let it go. So now that when I'm right, I'm just somebody the miracles don't happen, I look at that and I'm like, whoa, that's the bullshit I've been telling myself. Now I see it on paper, it's plain as day. It's not swirling here in an incomplete loop. It's on paper, it's out of the system. And then I can 
burn it, bury it, tear it, fry it, eat it. I don't know, but in some way, let it go. Meditating is the same. A lot of people meditate and meditate and meditate and wonder why am I not experiencing the things. Sometimes meditation is used in an escape and nobody talks about that. I had an ex-boyfriend who did that. He would meditate to escape things. He would just push them down. And then they would erupt bigger because that's what happens. He wasn't actually letting the emotions flow. And then also knowing that meditation is a great tool. It is a training tool. Just like Kristen Armstrong would ride her bike up that hill for when she was in the race and had to push herself. Just like if I'm meditating, I am learning how to set something down and put my attention on something else so that when somebody says something that's asinine, when somebody cuts me off in traffic, when uh, somebody messes up my order at a restaurant, I don't fixate on it. I can learn how to set it down and, and move on to something else. For me, for other of you emotional beings out there, it's when I have really emotional days where due to PMS or full moons or whatever it is that everything gets heightened, that when somebody says something and I feel disconnected and oh, when I feel disconnected from people, my heart sinks and I will be crying and I just, and for the most part, until just the last few months, I would just have a day where I just didn't do anything because I was just tending to my feelings. But if I use the tools that I have, I can tend to my feelings, give them adequate time, receive the message and also say, okay, here's your container. I do have to go to work because I am curious about this business that I'm building, creating something that doesn't exist. And we learn how to use what we know and, and employ it, apply it so that it actually becomes a fuel so that we can be and express more of ourselves this way. Okay. That's one of my gifts. All right. Yoga exercise, all these things, and then using them to how to get this trauma shit out of your tissue. Because just sitting and meditating will help. It will allow some chemicals to be metabolized, but some of these things we need to actually use, we to actually move, because just tending in our head doesn't quite do it. Okay, we gotta work together, mind, body, together. All right, so that's where I come in. Because when I talk about a 90-day relationship remodel, this is what we're doing. We're remodeling the relationship you have with you, who you know yourself as. And because I am curious by nature, I can inspire curiosity in you so that you can be like, oh my God, I didn't even know that was possible. Oh my goodness, I never looked at it that way. Oh my goodness, what if I am a good mom? Oh my goodness, what if I actually was handling it well? Oh my goodness, what if it wasn't mine in the first place and I could just set it down? Oh my goodness. I can also lend you some confidence. That is one of, I think, the biggest gifts of coaching is they lend confidence that this is possible and if you work the steps, they work. And you get to be someone else. And one of the things that I've been talking about with my clients here recently is also giving yourself permission to be somebody else. That when you show up as the person that you'd like to be, that at first it will kind of like, 
it, it'll get your attention. Whoa, I'm different. That's not how I used to respond. But then instead of continuing to shock and awe yourself, you start to let it in and say, yes, this is who I am now. And there are practices and ways of letting that into your body because what we do need to do is recondition ourselves of this is who I know myself as, this is my biochemistry, that I actually have to shift my biochemistry and I'm going to, we are actually on a physical level raising our frequency and in so doing changing the DNA that's getting coded for because we have what 98% of what they say junk DNA it's actually just that's not being used as coded but some of it is actually coding for higher quality proteins and as we raise our frequency that becomes possible so the less that I dig into this emotional intensity the less that I defend for or against my limitations the less that I try to justify that I couldn't possibly do that or be that, the less that I get blown away and overreact and get all frustrated with how come all this bad shit's happening to me when I just said I was going to be a better person, when you know all these things, all that energy that used to be wasted and thrown out all over the place and used inappropriately to control or manipulate somebody to making you feel better in some way, shape, or form, you get it for you and your physical healing so you will actually feel better physically. So let me invite you to this possibility. What if you came to know you as confident? Meaning that you were willing to look stupid and do something badly when it was the first time you were doing it, but that didn't stop you anymore. What if you were confident, meaning you didn't have anything to prove, so you were actually easy to be around? You didn't have to insert any knowledge to show that you were superior. You didn't have to insult yourself to make somebody else feel better. You were just confident in who you were and you showed up that way. What if you were self-assured to where when you just made a choice, you rolled with it instead of second-guessed everything? That's what I do. I'm good. I want a mocha. No, no, no. There's too many calories, too much sugar, dairy, blah, blah, blah. And I'll talk myself out of it. What if I just let myself have it? What does it feel like if I do? And you can kind of try these on what's on the other side of that. And you can't know till you go. So maybe I just actually have to drink a tasty, sweet mocha to see, oh, I actually don't feel good afterwards. Now I know for sure. Okay, instead of just being in my head about it. But being self-assured, letting yourself play. And what if you were easygoing? What if you were the calm presence in the room? Up until now, you might not have ever known that about yourself or saw yourself as that or even been that. And a lot of that's partly probably because the only way you got attention in your family when you were young was to throw some sort of tantrum or, tantrum or have a problem. But what if you could be the calm presence and shit just didn't ruffle your feathers because emotional intensity and drama and trauma weren't so valuable anymore? What if you got to be healthier, you had more energy, you had a higher level of fitness, your sleep quality was better, your quality of life was better, your food choices were better, and it was easy because it wasn't about trying to change you or fix something that was wrong, it was actually you just got more energy from you. What if you just easily, naturally, basically effortlessly either lost weight, improved your sleep, and just felt better? That would be amazing, no? And what if you were magical? What if, the, what if like magical shit just happened for you? 
Instead of saying, oh, it happens for them, it happens for them. That I, I used to get real jealous of that. Oh, it happens. I just started getting curious. Well, how do I get that to happen for me? If it happens for somebody else, it's available for us. If we can see it, it's in our field. It's available to us. So what if you were the person that magical shit happened to? And what if you allowed it to happen so you didn't have to apologize and feel like you owed somebody else because magical stuff happened to you? What if you just got to be special sometimes, all the time? What if you were beautiful? What if you were the life of the party? What if you were the badass? Because you are. This is who you really are. It's going to look different than somebody else's expression of badass. But this is who you really are. And it's who you are when you show up as all of you. And just like Simone Biles, when you show up as all you, you give a gift to somebody else. Sometimes it's a chance to pee in the Olympic Games where they were just going to sit on the sidelines. Sometimes it's being the calm presence so that you let someone else experience their own discomfort so they get to change. Sometimes it's being the calm presence in the room so you actually get to be the person that someone uses. They look at your face, they look at your calm presence, they look at your smile and say, I'm going to be okay. And you get to be that ripple effect of healing. That's you. And that's what's available when we remodel the relationship you have with you of who you're telling yourself that you are so that you can like yourself full time. I've got so many people that like themselves sometimes, but then not at others. That's natural. It's normal. It's where we start. But what if you just liked yourself full time? Julie, thank you for the rainbow. Oh, I love it. Um, that's who you are full time. You just unconditionally love yourself. So that even when you fuck up and your ducks are scattered all across the pond, like mine are and all my notes here, that you still just are just like, oh, that's me. That's how I roll. And aren't I freaking adorable? And I love that. And you give somebody else permission to love themselves that way too. This is what's possible for you. You're never going to get there if you fake it till you make it. And you're never going to get there if you try to judge yourself into it. All right? This is what the 90-day relationship remodel is. It's acknowledging, it's giving you direction. The future forward focus is always going to be on how do you want to show up. And then we're going to work on these obstacles, the trauma, the not knowing the process, the real identification and almost sadness or embarrassment with I'm afraid to give up who I know myself as and what if it's not true, but what if it is true? We're going to work with all that stuff. We're going to take all the things that you have tried, that you have tried and felt like you failed before, the meditation, the journaling, the nutrition, the exercise regimens. We're going to take all of that and turn it and use it and show you how it's actually, it's all cumulative. It's all working for you and we're going to get it to work for you so that you actually get to see you as someone, your next version of yourself. Not better, just next, more fully expressed, more shiny, more happy, more vibrant. That's what's available to you and that that is what I'm inviting you to. And curiosity is the magical ingredient that starts that whole alchemical process. What if what I'm telling myself isn't true? And here's another one that I, that I wrote down. I'll, I'll make a meme for it. Maybe I'll throw it up on Friday. I don't know. But if you can do it once, you can do it again. 
So that if you can show up as peace and calm and happiness, if you can show up, I think Thomas said expansive and aware, if you can show up like that once, you can do it more than once. So when the next obstacle comes, be like, I did it before, I can do it again. I did it in, in this situation, I did it in academics, I can do it in business and finance. I did it in my relationship with my mom, I can do it in my relationship with my own child. This is what's available, is learning how to actually apply what you know and if you're struggling with that, get a coach. Get somebody who knows, who can hold you while your feet are in or near the fire and it's scary. Lean on my confidence. Have somebody who's going to call bullshit on you so that you can't go snuggle in with your old version of yourself and refuse to grow. This is what the 90-day relationship model is. This is what it's for, for you to be confident, self-assured, easygoing, healthy, magical, beautiful, you name it, whatever you are wanting to be more expressed as. Curiosity is how it starts, and I would love you to be curious about a 90-day relationship or model. And if you are, then talk to me. Message me, email me, we will find a way to get you on the calendar and see if we're a good fit and get you started. There's a couple of people in this group so that if you are curious, throw a question out to the group. There's a few people in the group who have already gone through a 90-day relationship model or are in the process. Actually, there's quite a few. So if you throw the question out to the group of what's it like, what's your experience, you can get some feedback and know if it's going to be good for you. You get to see me on Power Hour. What you see is what you get. This is how I'm going to show up on our calls. I'm going to be honest. I'm never going to judge you. I'm going to love you so completely and I'm going to show you and that you can lean on my confidence. I'm going to celebrate you and I'm going to call bullshit on you, okay? Because I can do both with a lot of strength and a lot of gusto, okay? But always with a lot of love because I just love these conversations, all right? This is what's available to you. Let's do this for you. Get curious. Ask the universe how it's possible. How's this money going to show up for this? Because it isn't free. I'm sorry. I can't believe I've been insulted. Like it, like Simone Biles has been insulted for her choice. I've been insulted and repeatedly talked down about that there's a price tag to this. I don't know what to tell you. I gotta eat. And I like to eat. I got expensive taste. I'm just trying to eat more organic, okay? So there's a price tag on this. And it also, though, it makes you show value and investment in you. When there is a price tag on it, that's how we actually communicate to our own subconscious. This is valuable to me. I am valuable to me. So keep that in mind as well. Ask the universe how it's possible. Thank you, Scott. Support this message. Absolutely. I should put up a, a Venmo link and you could just financially support this awesome message. That'd be awesome. But what you can do is like this. Share this. If there is anybody that you know who is struggling with where they are, getting to where they'd like to be, would like to be more confident, you're just getting lit up with these uh, magical moments every week, share them. Hashtag replay. Let me know what you think if you're catching this on the replay because I want to know what you guys think. And get on the calendar and let's start a 90-day relationship remodel because before, I mean the end of fall, before winter hits, you're gonna have a new version of you. You might have to buy all new winter clothes because you know who knows what's gonna happen with your body while that remodel's happening, okay? All sorts of possibilities exist. Anyways, I'm talking too much, so I'll stop. 
And I do want to say, we've got a week off next week. I will be in Albuquerque setting up an event and also visiting my sister. So we will have a one week break. If I can set up a watch party for an old power hour, I will. If you want to take a look at some old power hour episodes and say, I think people should watch this one. This one's really good. Tag it and, and we can make that happen. So I'll take a week off next week. We'll get some sort of replay available for you guys. Uh, as best as I can with technology and time that's available, but I will pick up on, oh, let me look at my calendar because I don't know what the date is. It is on August, come on, flipping pages. August 11th is when our next fire hour will be. It will be 30 minutes so that it will be more digestible, but absolutely every bit as golden and delicious as this one was, and I'm already looking forward to that. I love you guys so much. Like and share. And I think that's all I got. And get a 90 day relationship model. Get curious. Get curious. You don't you need don't need to get milk. You need to get curious. All right. That's the alchemical agent for you. I love you and I will talk to you in a couple of weeks. Thank you all for joining us today. I'm Dr. Joylyn Maniachi and it's been a pleasure chatting with you. This podcast is made possible through listener support. So let's keep this thing going and have more real talk. No fluff, no bullshit. Go to the Happiness Clinic page on Facebook and you can join the group Real Talk with Dr. Joylyn Maniachi. We can continue the conversation in Power Hour, the weekly group coaching on Wednesdays at noon, Mountain Time. You can also go to ihappentothings.com. Go to the podcast page and support this podcast. While you're there, check out my blog and even get a badass t-shirt from the Happiness Clinic. We've got so many ways to connect. Thanks again for listening, and I invite you to join me again in the next episode.